When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
folks, what is up? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is an encore. That is why I just played that. That is Jay-Z mixed with the Beatles, uh, (laughs) the the White Album. They call it the Gray Album. It's DJ Danger Mouse. Um, uh, And he, Danger Mouse, actually amazing artist, producer. He also has a band with the lead singer from The Shins called Broken Bells, who are an amazing band in their own right. In fact, I think their third album is going to come out pretty soon. But he had this underground album called The Gray Album, which mixed Jay-Z's Black Album with the Beatles' White Album, and they call it The Gray Album. And it's very underground. Uh, You know, you can't buy it anywhere. And so that's what that is, folks. That is is a peek behind the curtain. I get so many people that ask about mashups. And uh, yes, I do have a plan for the mashups, but I was like, I tell you guys how I just spend like hours just looking for mashups and music and all, you know, and just get really, I would just love to have a radio show where I could just play music with you guys or for you guys or, you know, <laughs> having weird, I was talking with my buddy this week. Um, I grew up in a time period when I was a little kid, it was when you, you had cassettes and, you know, I used to dream about having what we have now in terms of streaming services. Like, could you want, like, we have the power to get everything at the touch of a, but like just a thought in my head and I can go listen to it. And I was, I, I could only listen to the things that my parents had. And that's why for a time I listened to pretty much straight Michael Bolton and Kenny G it was like I was really familiar with the Dying Young soundtrack. <laughs> I do have my favorites on the Dying Young soundtrack. It was a movie with Julia Roberts and uh, Campbell Scott, and Kenny G did the music for that album, for, for the soundtrack. And <laughs> my mom had that CD, and so I just played that thing out, man. If Like, I was, I would, it was just, it was really determined on what your parents' music tastes were. And luckily, my dad had pretty good music tastes. Like, he you know, huge into the Beatles, which was great for me. Elton John, you know, the classics. Um, but, you know, like, but like, no, Bonnie Raitt. I loved Bonnie Raitt growing up because of my dad. Uh, Don Henley. My dad's a huge Eagles fan. Like, insane. Like, I've taken my dad to see the Eagles now a couple of times. And Don, like, I was the only kid. Don Henley had, like, a couple solo albums. Who's the lead singer of the Eagles. And one of those was... uh Heart of the Matter, I remember, and Heart of the Matter is all, it's like a song about a guy that's like, I got the call today that I didn't want to hear, but I knew that it would come. An old true friend of ours was talking on the phone. He said, you found someone. And I'm listening to that song as like uh, like a 10 or 11 year old. And I'm putting myself in that song where I'm like, someday I will, I too will learn. That somebody I love has moved on with another gentleman. <laughs> did you guys, did you guys used to do that where you would just put yourself into an adult themed song as a kid and you're like, well, one day that's going to happen to me. I mean, actually, one day it actually did, but that's besides the point. It was just like, what a dark kid that I was sitting there listening to that going, this really relates to me, even though it does not relate to me at all yet. Um, but yeah, streaming services, I was talking to uh, with Dusty about this. I was saying, you know, it, it was all determined on what your parents listened to or what you could 
tape on a cassette tape player as fast as you can on the radio. So it'd be like, hey, I'm Randy Miller with ZZ99. Here comes Run DMZ. And you would be like, oh my God, my, that's my favorite song. And you would try to hit record and play right at the moment where you didn't get too much of the DJ so you could get a straight copy of your favorite song. And then you would just play that again and again. And like I was of the generation where you would call in and request songs. You'd be like, can you please play, can you, can, can you please play Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks, please? <laughs> for, for Ryan Bailey and Olathe Kansas, please? I was so, you know, and I would just stay up at night trying to listen to my songs and record them on a cassette tape. And that's the only thing, one of the only things sad about streaming. There's so many, so many great things. But the one thing sad is it, it took away essentially mixtapes. You know, mixtapes were a, a show of love to somebody, um, a, a show of, I want you to have this. And you would get to hear what somebody else made you with you in mind. And you felt like you had a little piece of gold in your pocket when you got one. And I just remember like, wow, I discovered so many good artists from other people making me mixtapes. And I remember I made mixtapes for girls I liked. And it was just a really big deal because you would sit there and go, hmm, how do I play the right songs to convey how much I feel for this person? And it can't just be sad songs. Oh, no, 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 no. You got to put some, you know, you got to put some fast songs in there to break up the monotony of the sad songs. But you also have to. You can't have it popular songs. You gotta have it songs that you are so confident in, but also that aren't run of the mill, that aren't average songs. You can't put a Beatles song on there because everybody knows the Beatles. You gotta go left of center. You maybe have to go with like a Morrissey song or the Smiths or something. And you wanna you you know, the whole point is to show off your musical prowess at the end of the day and to show them that you love them or like them or whatever the feeling is. But also you want them to stop and go. Well, this guy might not have the most in the looks department, but he can make a hell of a mixtape. This is gold. And that's the only bad thing about cassettes not being fully around anymore, even though I saw, I've been seeing recently that they're bringing cassettes back. And I'm like, guys, why? We did it with vinyl, and I love vinyl so much. In fact, vinyl, <laughs> vinyl is one of those things. You can ask my roommate. Like, I'm, Vinyl is now is if I get tipsy, like, you know how girls will always say, uh, oh, my God, you know, I woke up and I had done so much online ordering. Like, you'll know it's a really bad night if I like a record comes in the mail where I'm like, oh, <laughs> Ryan must have had a night, a night of tossing and turning if he bought a vinyl. Because like, that's my quote unquote drunken shopping, if you will. You guys, I wasn't. <laughs> well, we're only 10 minutes in and I did, didn't, didn't even plan on going down that avenue. But I hope you're having a great weekend. This will probably hit your sweet ears on Saturday. Uh, like I said, I was away this week. And if you listen to yesterday's episode at the end, I kind of tell you why. And thank you so much for everybody that has reached out about that. And, and, and thank you so much for enjoying the summer house recap I, I that's weird thank you for enjoying it but really thank you for always giving it a shot i know it was a little silly with uh, hey i'm kyle stock what's up it's me kyle stock i'm gonna be i'm gonna be sitting in on this one too <laughs> kyle doesn't know but i'm here um yeah that's the voice of kyle's eye sty um but i love when you guys go along with me when it gets goofy or i just i really it's so nice when people kind of go along with whatever weird avenue I decide to go down in that moment. Um, so it was really nice to hear 
to read some of your comments today. And to that, and to that uh, point too, and I, I want to say I am not. I do pretty well at playing stupid a lot of the times, and 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 part of that's not even playing. I'm just playing stupid, but part of that is it's not a, a bit per se. But I I'm more comfortable about leaning into um, stupidity in in the sense of trying to get a laugh. But I do want to let everybody know, and I, I I said this at the beginning of yesterday's podcast, and I think it's more social media and Instagram and stuff. Is that I'm not unaware of the problems of the world. In fact, I'm very uh, I'm very aware. You know, I'm very plugged in, and I'm very scared, and I really don't know a lot of the things going on. And man, I can't even imagine what it's like to be uh, in Ukraine right now, let alone have friends, family, relatives. So my heart always goes out there. My prayers, whatever that's worth. I don't even know. But uh, also my money. I donated money today. And, and on my Instagram, I did put a couple of uh, charities that uh, seem uh, you, you always got to be careful where you donate money to these days. You want to make sure it's reputable and that it's not that it is going to the people that actually need it. And to that effect, I do want to compliment Bethany Frankel. I have so many issues with Bethany Frankel, but one of them I don't have is her commitment to helping in crises. I mean, her Be Strong Foundation, which I have a link on my Instagram to, is just doing amazing work. And it, it's that kind of thing where it's like it allows her to be an asshole some of these other times, you know, like during, but like when it comes to a crisis, man, you want somebody like Bethany Frankel there. It is truly admirable work. And it's, you know, and that's really what it's all about. I think as I get older, I just kind of realize like, oh, it is really about helping people or, or trying to help in whatever expertise or way that you have doing that, um, doing, you know, your little part to try to make somebody else's day better. But uh, I'm not ignorant to it. It's just that also this isn't a political show, nor is my Instagram a political Instagram. You guys, if you you are listeners of the show, you know I have very, uh, very <laughs> solid political views, and uh, I, I'm very passionate about that. But sometimes that's not what this is. And this is kind of like my uh, diary in a lot of ways where I come to exercise. Uh, I don't mean exercise like um, – being miserable at the gym. I mean, exercise, like exercising a demon where it's like, I need to get this out. I need to get this out. And hopefully along the way, you guys can find some enjoyment on that or some respite from how fucking horrible things have seemed to be for the last three years. It, I mean, the hits just keep coming, but there's also so many stupid, amazing things that we can laugh with to uh, while we wait for the next horrible thing or while we wait to see what is happening. Um, it is not being ignorant of the fact, but uh, comedy, like reality shows like I talked about yesterday, just so amazing that they're there. The thing, same thing with laughter. It is something that has saved me again and again and again in life. And there is no apologies to be made about laughing, about making somebody laugh. It is one of the coolest things cool like it's one of the best medicines and it truly is a medicine it's truly made me feel better in the darkest of days just like a song will um so that's kind of what the aim is to do like you know kyle stye is that's good for you <laughs> so the doctor's like i'm gonna uh, prescribe you uh, ibuprofen and uh two of kyle's stye jokes what's up everybody hey um so uh the reason i say that is i woke up today 
and I posted Heidi Montag from the Hills fame, Spencer Pratt's lovely wife. Uh, she tweeted, she said, I just finished a book. It took me one year. And I really related to that. I used to read, I used to have focus, all of that stuff. Now, Heidi Montag on, on Montag on top of it saying that was kind of funny in its own way, but she also said something I related to, but the fact that it's Heidi, it's always super hysterical for me when it's somebody like that and especially somebody from the hills and i posted that on my instagram and somebody immediately was like i really like your account but this is not the right time for that we have just gone to war and da, da, da. you know and it's like sir i am very aware i'm very i said this is not a poem to putin like they the the lady we talked about yesterday which i'm kind of going back and forth about playing the audio and going through that step by step but i don't know if that is too soon but it's just if you guys have not heard it, it is just one of the most ridiculous first off really not a good poem if you're going for like a poem structure but secondly it's it just reminded me so much of high school theater when you're like, oh, my God, this sophomore is really taking themselves very seriously. Um, but I but I told her, I was like, yeah, this isn't that. It's just also I, I the way I deal with my nerves or being f- scared of a system is that, uh, scared of a situation is I will put it um, I'll put it online. I'll put a joke online or I'll put something that makes me feel better. And hopefully it'll make other people feel better as well. It'll make kind of feel like, OK. We can, and and sometimes it's sometimes it can be it, it can miss its mark. You know, listen, believe me, I there have been many jokes where I'm like that missed its mark and that did not come off the way I intended it to. But this was like, and I you know I, I usually stick up for myself when I'm like, well, this is actually what I meant, and not in a mean way. I wasn't getting into a fight with this gentleman, and I think it uh, it turned out fine. But I do want to say this to everybody, including myself, is that. I kept questioning, well, why, if this, if this gentleman is so, um, if he's so, uh, so willing to be upset right now, which is, it's a very, it's a time to be upset in a lot of ways. Why would he ever go on the internet? You know, the internet is a really dark place. It can be a great place when you want it to be, and it can be a really dark place. And especially of times like these, sometimes it's not the place to turn to, especially if you're very sensitive and you're very raw, which I would imagine would be the majority of us. Um, And I'm not one to tell anybody what to do, but I have found that in certain situations for me, I will say, well, then I can't, I can't do this. You know, it's like when I uh, broke up with my ex, I muted her on Instagram because I just didn't want to see. I didn't want to see it. I knew if I saw something, it would, um, it would, it would cause thoughts. It would, it would potentially make me sad or angry or happy, you know, it would. And, and, and for me, it was like out of sight, out of mind sometimes. And the same thing with that gentleman. And I didn't say that to him, but I just kind of kept wondering, I was like, wow, he's going to see a lot of horrible things today because it's not just me posting just normal things posting just thoughts. Um, uh, the majority of people I saw online today were doing that and, and hopefully also posting ways and uh, ways that somebody can help and stuff. But I realized in doing this in the last couple of years, especially is that everybody approaches things in a certain way. Everybody has their own feelings and rights to their own feelings and all of that stuff. But you also have to help yourself. You also have to help yourself a little bit. And if something does, uh, quote unquote, trigger you, it's time to stay off for a while. It's time to go take a walk, to actually communicate with the real people in your lives. And and believe me, I am not of the uh, – I don't have the notion of that uh, internet friends are not 
real friends because I've made so many real friends through the internet. Um, but there is something to sometimes unplug and actually speak to a human in real life, especially in these last couple of years. So I just wanted to say that before we get into this, uh, where I'm, I'll probably be super silly again because I just need to get it out. It's like a tick or an OCD in a way where it's just I've got to try to be stupid tonight with you guys. Uh, it is Friday night. We're at, at 9 p.m. in Arizona. My mom's in the other room doing a puzzle. She'll probably come in to say hi at some point. We're going to do a Salt Lake City recap for the finale. Now, I didn't really recap Salt Lake at all because I don't even know. It is otherworldly. It's the Twilight Zone. It makes no sense to me at times. So I figured what a better way to like, let's do it. Let's do a recap of the finale. And this is great because it's going to lead you into Sunday night's reunion. Like, isn't that, it's going to be crazy. Sunday night's reunion is going to be, it's a three-part reunion. And this will, because we got, we got to talk. We got to talk about what, what, <laughs> Whitney and Justin pretty much straight up fucking on camera. I mean, like the fact that like, I thought it was bad when Tamara, Barney and Eddie Judge, remember when they got in the bathtub and made love with the wine? And I always just thought about like that poor cameraman, like going home to his family that night. You know, he's like, you know, I can just picture him in his khaki shorts, got a little bit of a beer belly, probably long hair in some ways that he's like tied back with a rubber band. And, you know, his wife meets him at the door and is like, honey, what's wrong? He's like, I... You know, you're pale as a ghost. And he's like, I saw something today that uh, no man should ever have to see. And it's like, honey, tell me. Well, uh, I had to shoot Eddie Judge and Tamara Barney boning in a bathtub. Oh, Ron, no. Ron, are you kidding me? Ron, honey, go upstairs. Your dad and I need to talk. Ron, you need to quit. This job, this job has changed you, Ron. This job has changed you. I, I, you know, and she tries to hug him. And he's like, no, I can't, I can't do any physical act anymore. I, I've seen too much touching between Eddie and Tamara. I don't want to ever touch anybody ever again. Like, take a shower. No, I can't. I can't. I, the water reminds me of the bathtub. No, no. Like, there's a lawsuit against Bravo for this man. But that's the Justin Whitney scene had similar vibes of like, I just kept expecting like a camera to fall, like because a man's like collapsed with a heart attack or just like, like, boom, like Justin and Whitney, like, what's wrong? What happened to the camera guy? We were boning with art supplies. Um, So I figured, why not? Let's go into that. We haven't done it all season. We all know the cast of characters. We can be super goofy with it, super chill. And we'll get through a recap of Salt Lake and see where we go. Um, you know, I was going to do a bunch of entertainment stories. I maybe will do that with the Jersey recap. Uh, but I, I, let's just, uh, we're 20 minutes in. So let's just do that. We'll see where we're at at the end because I do, I want to, well, fuck, I don't know. I do, uh, the thing that bothers me, did you see Kim Kardashian? I know, I know you guys are cringing when I say that. Kim Kardashian filed papers with the court saying Kanye's she needs to be granted single status in their marriage because all of his Instagram posts have caused extreme emotional distress. And I'm like, girl, same. Like, honestly, like, can I sue for extreme emotional distress because of Kanye's Instagram posts? Like, I, I am genuinely confused about this situation, you guys. And I truly ask you. For somebody that has done so much in the name of God, 
Like, this does not seem godly at any, like, like he fucking cyber bullies Pete Davidson off of Instagram. This man's in his 40s and he's bragging about, <laughs> he's bragging about, like, this man is not tethered to the earth at all. And you forget that he's a musician, I guess. Like, the Netflix has this documentary, which I've talked about a couple times, called Gene Yus. J-E-E-N apostrophe Y-U-H-S. And it's three parts. They've released two parts so far. The first part, excellent. I mean, just reminds you of what what an uphill battle he had to get to where he, he is. And just really amazing to see somebody before they had gotten famous and so much access. And, you know, writing and recording these songs that I just love so much. And it was truly amazing. Um, and just so inspirational for people uh, trying to get to the next level or or trying to do things that aren't assured of them. Like success isn't assured of any of us, right? Like anything that we do in life, we we are not assured that it will work. And it could have everything that we do could flop. And this is somebody that was like going like, no, I, I have a belief in this. I have a belief in myself. And it he was like a shy, cute kid that kept putting his retainer in his mouth. And it was like really sweet in this beautiful way and inspirational. It's sad if you think about it in terms of a macro sense and pulling back because you see where he's at now and you're like, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't want to be that for the world. I mean, could you like, what if God, what if this podcast really blows? I'm like the Kanye West of podcasting. <laughs> like this stem player is how you're going to listen to podcasts in the future, folks. This controls my voice. Um, so it's weird. And then the second part, you start to see this success happen, and it's really good as well. And then the third part comes out next week, which is going to cover all the insanity of the last decade for Kanye. Um, but and by, by the way, his mom's in the second part, too. And I, I talked about that in the first part. Donda uh, seemed like a really beautiful lady. Seemed like a beautiful lady. But, you know, the thing that I kept getting impressed impressed upon on, on this documentary was that Kanye was a workhorse, man. Like, and he still seems like a workhorse where he is just in it. He is in it. He is constantly creating. And that doesn't, like I said last week, it doesn't, that's not, that's not good for a relationship or for children. Um, So I know we all dislike Kim Kardashian to a degree, but you know, Kim's not what you would call an artist and Kanye is. And and that is a compliment to Kanye, and it's a compliment to Kim as well. And I'm very angry at Kanye right now, but I can still call him an artist. But I don't really subscribe to the boo-hoo, Kim doesn't want to be with me anymore, boo-hoo. No, he's got to be a horrible, horrible person to be in a relationship with. Obviously, he's never there. You know, he's creating all the time, and that, I guess, is the trade-off. But it's then weird to use social media and all of these outlets that we go to to kind of alleviate our stress, and he creates more stress for us, and he's also using us as a pawn to try to get his way, screaming and crying and kicking like, like a little kid who doesn't have a mom, which he doesn't anymore. But the Pete stuff and bullying, it just I, I keep just going back to that one thought of, like, aren't you supposed to be, like, super into God? Like, does... That's the thing I don't get. Like the people that do things in God's name have sometimes done the worst things. And it's like, did they get like coupons for like one free sin because they've, they've done some really cool, solid things for God and Jesus. And they're like, you get a coupon for one free sin. You can tell Pete Davidson to go suck your D. It, it doesn't add up to me. Like, I'm like, wow, you wildly deserve, you wildly sin. 
But since you do Sunday service and stuff, like it all evens out in the end. Like you don't, you don't have to practice what you've preached at times. Like that's the part that confuses me. And of course there's the mental health debate, which I always find fascinating because of my own mental health. And I think I always root for Kanye because I want rooting for Kanye is also rooting for myself. Now I'm not bipolar. Um, and I, uh, uh, you know, I'm not bipolar. I, I'm depressive, but I'm not bipolar. So I don't know what it's like to be that. But I want to believe that we can all have healthy, productive lives. I want to believe that this is very, you can live a very normal life or a life that is very productive and successful and full of love and happiness and sadness and all those emotions. I want to believe that. I want to believe that mental health, if treated correctly, you know, under under advice from doctors and and really being your own, um, your you know, really really taking an own taking an interest in your own mental health, that that everything can be okay in the end, and that's why I always root for Kanye because I want him to be okay. I want him, and that's why. I, but sometimes this doesn't even feel like mental health. Sometimes it just really. Be, it really feels just like a spoiled baby that's been successful for way too long, that's been rich for way too long. And now he's a billionaire, so it's even worse, you know, because he does have just all the money to do stupid shit. And some of it's really good shit. It's just wild. Like that stem player that he created to listen to his album on, you cannot get Donda 2 on iTunes or Spotify. You can only get it with this Donda stem player. You can probably rip it online now. Probably people have put up copies everywhere for free, but you'd have to go on like, you know, pr pretty much steal it uh, or rip it. And um, but, you know, that stem player looks cool. I mean, there was a couple times where I was like, oh, Ryan, should you get a stem? Like, come on, it's what your credit cards for, man. Get a stem player. But that was like, but that isn't that the weird part with these things? You you really dislike somebody personally and passionately, but then they come out with something cool and you're like, wow, that really is something that do I do I need that? And that really is such a weird thing in pop culture is if you can put out something of note, put out something that is good, something good will always trump who you are and how you act. And that's even thing about cancel culture. You know, we talk about death on the Nile. Army Hammer was, uh, it was in that, uh, came out two weeks ago, the Kenneth Branagh movie. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Somebody spoiled it for me the other day, but that's okay. Cause I'm not going to see it. And I realize exactly why they couldn't afford to, they, they didn't want to reshoot. It would have been too much, uh, knowing what I know now, but I was reading the other day and people were like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Great movie. Like that conversation has passed. You know, the movie's out, the movie's there. And, you know, for better or worse, they survived the army hammer of it all. Now, the movie didn't do excellent. Like I said, uh, two weeks ago, I think it made like $12.1 million its first weekend, which is just not great for that kind of movie. But who knows? It lives in perpetuity, digital, all of that stuff. And there's so many different ways to make money off of movies and and intellectual property now. But I thought that was interesting is that that conversation has kind of died down because something got put out, some people enjoyed it, and that's it. You move on. And if Kanye can put out enough things that people like, people excuse all of this behavior. And I think that is the part that it gets me frustrated because I'm like, are we this? Are we, come on. Like, I feel like sometimes I rage against quote unquote injustice in pop culture because I just don't. I mean, 
I've said this so many times is that I wish, you know, we have referees for sports. I wish there was referees for pop culture. I wish, I mean, you could say it's judged, but I wish there was a referee of like, Kanye, you're getting your Instagram taken away and you know exactly why. We'll give it back to you in a year. Enjoy it. You know, like, you know, like I wish there was referees for this stuff. Um, I don't know. But I, and also I think it's very important to talk about because I think there's ramifications in our own life. Now, I was thinking about like how he was treating Kim and stuff and like, Thinking about young gentlemen that look up to him and like then just like, well, that's how I'm going to treat my women. You're my property. You come back. Like, how dare you? Like, I'm a family. I'm here to do this. I always find it funny that people that scream that from the top of their lungs because it's never looking inward. It's never looking like, how can I change or how can I improve to actually win you back? It's always just, I want you back. Never, what can I do to get you back? So it's always like weird. It's never looking inward with these kind of people. And I find that interesting. Uh, okay, sorry. I could talk about the Obviously, you guys, you guys, we, I could talk about this for hours. I really could. But we have bigger fish to fry. And those fish are in Salt Lake. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension, a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, a dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. You just crossed over into Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. No, I, that's, I play the Twilight Zone theme because that's what this is, you guys. Like, it makes no sense. It This show is so unique in the fact that I, I don't even know if it really exists. Like, I feel every week that I'm waking up from some sort of dream and I'm like, wait a sec. Did Mary, did Whitney just walk by Mary Cosby and then she just said, woman, women? Like, this is wild. This isn't. This isn't, and it's like all of these ladies are in their own different shows. None of them are actually connecting with each other. It's like six ladies with six separate shows going on. And it's weird. I would have told you, and I did tell you at the beginning of the season, that Jen Shaw, what an idiot for for participating in the second season when she has this much trouble at her door, and yet she came off looking fine. We th- re- let me remind you this second season she they literally the ATF the, the 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 homeland security literally armed officers got them off of a bus Jen Shaw took off and took her mic pack off and that's not even the main plot line for the season like how did we how did we go from that and that not be the main like that wasn't the main storyline that we went out of this season, Jen Shaw never really truly got questioned, like at all. Like how, like what kind of, that's why I'm saying like, I feel like I'm like on acid or something because that's why it feels like a dream. It's like, okay, well, that happened. That's wild. She literally took off. You know, there's all of this stuff. And then we never get a full sit down with Jen about this. And on top of it, Jen literally full body tackled Lisa Barlow at some point on the Sprinter van almost. We're a member of production. That poor lady had to like grab her, which I would love to talk to that lady of like, what's it like? What kind of force is it like holding Jen Shaw back? Is it like a train? Is she like a little chihuahua? What's it like? But 
All of these things happen, yet by some kind of magical... Some kind of magic happened where we went out of there. Go like I even on the last episode thought Jenshaw had a couple of funny lines, and that's me, you guys. I literally am the moral police on this crap sometimes, and I was like, ah, "That's pretty funny, Jen. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with us? This lady is guilty beyond guilty, and she ended up looking really good because." Every other one of those ladies, for the most part, is batshit. I mean, how do you build people out of millions and millions of dollars and still end up looking good? Well, you, you do it by everybody being just as insane, if not more insane than you. And also, the fact that she is able to pull the wool over people's eyes like that this season kind of shows you how she was really good at her job how she was really good at what she did and getting the money that she got. I mean, to me, it's like the the thought of it's all confusion, right? It's all confusion. It's I'm going to yell louder until you forget what this is about. And that's what she did. And it worked. It even worked on us. I mean, I think Jen Shaw is potentially a brilliant, brilliant person. And she's done this her entire life. It's like I was talking about Kanye earlier. It's like this dude has been used to working like this for 20 years in the public eye. Jen Shaw has been, you know, Jen Shaw has been Jen Shaw her entire life. She's learned how to do this. She's learned how to manipulate people. Uh, unfortunately, she'll go to jail and we'll never really truly know the truth. Because at the end, the, the last ditch effort will be like, well, I didn't know that was illegal. Okay, I guess I did do what you said, but it's I did not know that was illegal. I mean, that will be the last-minute defense, I would imagine. We'll see. But isn't it interesting that, like, did, it, did this season confuse you as much as it confused me? I almost started feeling bad for Mary Cosby by the end. There is a scene at the very end where Jenny throws a glass where I'm like, this is wild. Nobody's reacting to the glass being thrown. Lisa Barlow came over afterwards and was like, Hi, oh my God, don't worry about it. It's all good. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> she was like giggling. She's like, oh my God, as long as you didn't touch my embellished bottles. It was so funny to me because I, and, and by the way, they probably don't have a lot of love for Mary Cosby because she's another one of those people that is potentially a horrible person with mental problems. Uh, I, I say that with all sincerity and, and trying to be as nice as possible. There are so many questions still about her church, and we saw how she acted. I mean, it, it was one of the one of the funniest things in the world that I always love to talk about is the other thing that made me feel like I was in a fever dream would be Meredith, Meredith Marks legitimizing Mary Cosby. Because Mary Cosby would most of the time not make a lot of sense and she'd be whole, like be mean. And Meredith would be like, that's a very interesting point. That's a very interesting point, Mary Cosby. It's very, you're, you're a very good listener. By the way, that's my new Meredith Parks invitation. It's Bill Murray from Caddyshack. What's going on? You? It's because she kind of has stroke face. She kind of slurs. Do you notice that? Like whatever, whatever Meredith Marks is on right now, it's... It feels like she's on some kind of downer or something. But also there's like a slight on on the left side of her face, her lip like her lip kinda of gets lazy. So it's kinda of like this. It's like 
I, I support LGBTQ, but it's just, Mary Cosby, that's a very interesting point, Mary. I, I love Seth, and it's just like very slurry. I, I just, it, it got slurrier throughout, like the first season, she wasn't like this, but she came back with a vengeance. And then she's also like really, um, not set in her ways, but she's more confident, She's like, I'll tell everybody who's sleeping with everybody. <laughs> like, she got really ballsy at the end. She's like, I know a lot of information about everybody, so I'm ready to tell. It was really eerie. And then you have Seth, you know, sitting there going like, I'm in Canton, Ohio. Come on, Meredith. Let's have orgies. I love sticking my tongue in booby cakes. <laughs> He's just super creepy. Um, in so like that is what the phrase creepy uncle mean. It's like it's if you look up the phrase creepy uncle in Webster's Merriam dictionary, it's a picture of Seth Marks. Yeah, they put words together now, creepy uncle. And the saddest thing about this season of Salt Lake for me personally is Heather Gay. Is you know, if you listen to the show, what a huge Heather Gay fan I was. And she unfollowed me on Instagram after we did this lovely interview. On so bad it's good, and I'm 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 thinking of a couple. I still am racking my brain. I think it might be like she really is committed to the Jen Shaw friendship of it all. And the question I have about the Jen Shaw friendships and stuff, and and you've heard this before, is that I really do. It makes me question myself: is how far will I go for my friends if I know my friends are guilty of something of bilking out elderly people? Do I make excuses for them? I might. You know, that's what I like. I, I really do. You guys ask yourself those questions too when you're like, okay, if I was in this situation, what would I do? But yeah, I was bummed. Heather unfollowed me on Instagram for some reason, and i that's a true bummer. But listen, i that's everybody's right, and I'm going to try not to say disparaging things about her in this recap. Um, I'm going to, you know, but it is, it's hard. It is hard for me because now I'm like, are me and Heather Gay at war? Am I at war with Heather Gay? But I will say this. A lot of people online said, uh, especially Twitter. Twitter is such a wild place. They're like, oh, I, this, uh, I'm so bored of Heather Gay's storyline. Uh, who cares about your religion? And da, 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 da. And I'm like, I don't, I care very much. Like, I think those kind of plot lines are very interesting. It's just that when you're dealing with, uh, like, extreme other crazy storylines, you do slow down the overall story. It's like downshifting gear. You downshift and you're like, oh my God, this is just a whole different pace. It's so much slower. And that's totally okay, right? Like that is, that's fine, but it is, it's weird. That's why Salt Lake is kind of weirder than other housewife shows right now. Cause you know, on Beverly Hills, it was kind of like, like it was just like a roller coaster going up, 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 up. And Salt Lake goes up, up, down, up, up, down, up, 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 down, 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 down. It doesn't have the, the, the pacing is off. It's if you think of it like jazz music, which of course I do because that's what I just I think of everything like jazz music. What's up, you guys? I'm Costa. I'm gonna take over for a sec. I think Salt Lake's good. Don't listen to what Ryan says. He he's bitter and old. Um, I just think the the pacing is weird. So. I like them overall, like like scene by scene. I'm like, okay, that's a good scene, but they don't they don't flow together, if that makes sense. And I think we had so many weird, wild moments, weird, wild moments on this season where the finale kind of felt like, oh, okay, that's it. Okay, 
We're done. Okay. Whew. We're done. Okay. Six months. Okay, good. We're done. And it didn't feel like final. It just felt like everybody was like, Jenny was like, fuck, I guess I need to throw a glass now. Okay. Okay, good. Nothing was kind of resolved in any way. And I know they're already shooting. In fact, they're shooting here in Scottsdale. I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. They're shooting in Scottsdale. And uh, I'm like, wow, they're they're already shooting. And the season, like, they're really trying to shoot as much with Jen Shaw before her trial starts, which I am so interested to see how they inject the trial into the show. Oh, God, I should really just go to New York on that first day of the trial and stand outside with a sign that says, Shaw Amazing, five to ten years. So this episode, you guys, episode 21, and the title of it is called Why Can't We Be Friends? Now, if I was a betting man, I think that, like, I was like, okay, if I read that title and I have not seen the show, I think it means that there are people wanting to be friends and they won't be friends without other people. So you could use that, uh, which is very, it's it's like that about everybody. You, you have questions about Lisa and Meredith's friendship. You have questions about Jen Shaw and Meredith's friendship. You got questions about Whitney and Mary Cosby's friendship. It, it makes sense from that standpoint. And, and, and I think that really is what it's about. Not a great title overall, folks. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not going to say title of the year, but it's an app. It's an app title. Um, so of course, as we do in all of Bravo shows, we usually get, you know, like th- last week on da, 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 but this, uh, Heather Gay says this season on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And, um, it's just, you know, we see a, a clip montage of like their trip when they were hiking. And Lisa's like, if you get lost, look for my look for my Louis Vuitton tread. Um, you see that you see Lisa say, like, I'm going to have an 80s party. We had Whitney saying something about faith and her family. Um, we uh, see Whitney on the bus going, oh, my God, real housewife star charged in massive laundering scheme. And then we have Coach Shaw telling Jen Shaw, I believe you. I believe you. But, like, God, it doesn't that keep you up at night sometimes wondering if Coach Shaw, like, is Coach Shaw part of this? Or is he like, yeah, I, I believe you. And then, like, he knows, like, he's like, oh, my God, she's lying so hard. You know? Like, I, I wonder if he knows fully well or if he's kind of like, yeah, I didn't know at all. And now I have to act like I believe you even though I know you did this. Like, how do you – like we even saw that scene last week when, or last season when Jen Shaw was flipping out at Coach's birthday party. Like he knows her in that way. Like there's no way that he he wouldn't put put he wouldn't put it past her stealing like that. Especially you know she probably has the motivation of I've got to take care of my whole family. So that shit would it's like you know oh shit the call's coming from inside the house. Um so. Uh, you know, you have Jen Shaw saying, I guess I got to get a smaller spot. Mary Cosby, uh, we have that scene with her and Whitney going, don't yell at me, little girl. <laughs> and we get the end of the Mary Cosby storylines from this season of, you know, her her church. And, you know, somebody asking Mary if like, are they, a, are, do you think you're a god? Do they worship you? Uh, we have Jenny yelling at Mary like, don't lie to me, Mary. Remember, Jenny was upset because Mary Cosby wouldn't give her the time of the day. Time of the day, most of the season. Uh, you know, Mary and Meredith and their conversations. Like I said earlier, where Meredith would be like, "Mary, that's a very fascinating point. Thank you so much, Mary Cosby." Um, and uh, Jen Shaw apologizing to Meredith. We had that scene from earlier in the season. 
Because remember, Jen Shaw liked to comment on Twitter uh, wanting uh, Brooks to get smacked and called a sassy bitch, which, yeah, makes sense. Uh, Meredith uh, talking about the charges of Jen Shaw. And remember, we had that whole storyline, too, of like, did Meredith call the feds, which is just one of the most bad. Like, us Bravo viewers got to, like, get get a grip sometimes. Like, there is no... Meredith is not working with the FBI. Meredith might eventually testify against Jen Shaw in some kind of capacity when it regards to housewives, but I couldn't call the FBI right now and go, yo, I want you guys to look into Lisa Rinna. I just don't trust her. I I watch the seasons and something's up. I can't tell you what. I would just, I would pull her over someday. I, she's, I think she's got a bunker outside in the back where Harry's garden is. Yeah. He has a secret garden. I'm Harry's Ballin' Easy. <laughs> Hello, officers. Can I interest you in some of Harry's Ballin' Easy? <laughs> You'll never catch me, Batman. It's me, Lisa Ringer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so sad. Hey, Batman. We're the beauty. Oh, okay. We're professional. This is what I do for a living, and we're good. Whew, it just hit me. So, um, Jen Shaw, Jen Shaw yelling at Meredith, going like, you have no idea what I know. And, you know, Meredith doing that, love you, baby. Bye. And then Jen shouting, you have 10 motherfucking boyfriends. And then, of course, that was like the summary of the season. And then we go into the taglines, which you will never to this day ever make me understand why the producers let Chen Shaw say the only thing I'm guilty of is being Shamazing. Who does that when somebody's charged with the crimes that they're charged with? Like, that's what, that's the first clue that I'm in a fucking bonker season that makes no sense at all. Like, the only thing I'm guilty of being is Shaw Mazing. Like, what does that carry time-wise in prison? Like, can, like how much, how, if I am charged with being Shaw Mazing, how much do I get? Is Shaw, is Shaw Mazing like five years? What, can you get off on good behavior if you're charged with Shaw Mazing? But, like, what person in their right mind agrees to have that be your tagline? And what producer over there thought it would be LOL funny? Like, it is funny, but it's, like, extremely alarming. Like, if you went with that one, what are the ones that didn't get approved? Like, yeah. (laughs) The only thing that I stole are your hearts. Um. And then, um, you know, you have Lisa Barlow's like, I love myself enough for the both of us. And 
my mom was watching the first part with me up until Whitney and Justin had sex. And then she like got up. She's like, I've got stuff to do. But she even laughed when Mary Cosby says, if you come for me, I will send Jesus for you. And the way she reads it, it on the show, it's like, it's bizarre. Cause you have like, even Jen Shaw, like happy, like you, you know, the only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. And then Mary Cosby is, if you come, if you, <clears throat> if you come for me, I will send Jesus for you. It's very like this. I will send, I will matter of fact, send Jesus for you. And true, I mean, like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, wait, hold on a sec. Hello? Who is it? It's Jesus. Let me in. Uh, Jesus, I'm recording a Salt Lake uh, podcast right now. Can I ask what you're, uh, you're, let me in. I want to talk to you. Mary sent me. Like, I just, it's, it's the Kanye of it all too. Like, are you, are we allowed to send Jesus on mercenary missions? Are we allowed, like, are we allowed to have Jesus be our bodyguard like that? Also, like, how many Jesuses are there? Like, it just seems like so much work for this guy to do. And also, like, you know, once you're in heaven, like, is Jesus even there? Like, Jesus is doing a lot of work on the ground, it seems, here. And it's just like, the poor guy, does he ever get to chill in heaven with all of our relatives and stuff? It just seems like he's always doing, like, little shitty things like protecting Mar- like protecting people from Mary. It's just weird. So we open up on <coughs> Salt Lake. You know, beautiful Salt Lake City. We see the mountains, the snow. You feel the cold in the air just through the images on the screen. And I got to tell you, the music, I used to talk about this in the first season, but this was even like weirder. It would be like, oh, 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 sounds kind of like Meredith getting finger banged by Che Diaz and then just like that. But also it's like they have this choral element to the music, which is very different than Housewives. So it'll be like, like normal housewives music, and then it'll be like, and it really like they and they they did it even more in this one where it was not like last season was a lot of oh, but this season in this last episode was like, you guys know what I'm saying. So we see Lisa, Lisa Barlow and her dude, John, they're decorating or they're going to see the decorators that are setting up the Vita Tequila party. It's going to be an 80s themed party. And she's like, oh, my God, it looks so good. I love it. And they put up a thing of how many times uh, Lisa Barlow says, I, I love it. Uh, and they count it at 12 times. She's like, I love it. That's so gorgeous. I love it. I love it. I don't just like it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. 16 I love it, she says. They do a super cut of that. Um, so we cut to then Robert Jr., 18. That's Mary Cosby's son. We're cutting to a mini putt-putt uh, where Mary Cosby's like, I'll bet you $100 that I can make that shot. If I get it before you, I get a hundred. And if you if you get it, I give you a hundred. Which is just like, dude, like that's when you know like you might have too much money when you're betting a hundred dollars on mini putt putt. Like that at that point I was expecting the FBI to pop out as well. But Robert Jr. barely looks like he wants to be there around his mom most of any every scene. So it's just weird to see them like outside of the house. Cause like this season he would just come down and he would look stoned. 
And then they'd have like a conversation about his girlfriend or something. And then Mary would go to the closet and talk to the mannequin heads or just like she like she's used to doing scenes by herself. Remember earlier in the season, she would just be like, I'm cleaning a dish. I'm cleaning a dish. I am cleaning a dish. And it would just be her scrubbing and still really good TV. Just even watching that. But it's fun to see them outside of the home where I'm like, how did she get her son outside of the home? Mary wins, of course, because, you know, Jesus is on her side. We cut to from that Jen Shaw's house. Now, her assistant, Marillo, M-U-R-I-L-O, is packing up her stuff. Now, Marillo, we remember from the first episode of Jen's assistant when Jen was having, um, I think it was Lisa over to her house to show her a new closet. And Marillo was cutting up vegetables. And I still remember this where he goes, choppy, choppy. I choppy, choppy the vegetables. Choppy, choppy. I choppy, choppy. And so he's still with her this entire season. And they're packing up her house. Because remember, you guys, Jen Shaw is doing the right thing by downsizing. (sighs) Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We will be back to the show in just one second, but now is time to talk about our sponsors, my favorite part of the show. Uh, This week, we got a new sponsor. One of our sponsors is the company Seed. Now, uh, I get things mailed to me, and this got mailed to me, and I was super excited because I love probiotics. I'm not joking. I am a huge fan of probiotics. In fact, I had the okay so you guys know i got a staph infection on my face and i had to take a bunch of antibiotics and stuff and the doctor was like you have to take probiotics because it'll really help your stomach out when you take strong antibiotics and i was like sir have you heard of seed because it just got mailed to me so your boy's gonna take those so i was super excited to have this i was like oh my god i actually have this and i'm gonna use this so 
they say that it turns out like everything you think you know about probiotics, it may be wrong. Um, Seeds Daily Symbiotic is the real deal, though, because not all probiotics are created equal. You might ask, what is the Daily Symbiotic? It is a broad-spectrum two-in-one probiotic plus prebiotic. There is a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. This sounds really smart, you guys. Proprietary engineered two-in-one capsule that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. Now, if you've taken probiotics before and you never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract. Now, seed is designed differently, and that's why they say it works. So what does the daily symbiotic do for you? Uh, supports benefits in and beyond the gut. Now, I keep saying gut, you guys, but gut is like, it, it kind of is how our bodies operate. Digestion, the gut, it is so important. I hate saying the word gut, but it is so important. Seed will support ease of bloating, healthy regularity, and ease of evacuation, if uh, you know what I mean. that's We're just going to call it evacuation. But it will also support your gut barrier, your skin health, your heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Now, there's a note. Gut immune function is not, quote-unquote, boosting the immune system. It is about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells. So many see improvements in digestion within 24 to 48 hours, which which can include bowel movement regularity and eased bloating. So... Um, it's just a great product. I've been using it for a month now. They just sent me more and I was super excited because I was like, oh God, I was going to have to order this. And then they sent me another month. I was like, sweet. So you guys start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad to redeem 20% off your first month of Seeds Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad. I am very excited about that one for real. And I genuinely use it. I should just show you photos of me using it. Just me on the toilet. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Okay, and finally, our last one is Sundance Now. Um, I've talked about Sundance Now uh, before. I love them. After a long day, you guys, I do, we do. We want to curl up on the couch, get lost in a gripping story with characters I can love and hate. 
Is that too much to ask? Nope. And now, thanks to Sundance Now, I always have something to watch that is binge-worthy and that I can be obsessed with. Sundance Now is an ad-free streaming service created by AMC Networks. Now, you guys know AMC Networks, The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Amazing Shows. So, uh, you know, Sundance Now is for people who obsess over riveting storytelling and fresh perspectives. Sundance Now has original prestige dramas, international thrillers, and bone-chilling true crime shows. Every show is a sleek production with sexy lead characters. They've got shows like the hit British series A Discovery of Witches, uh, which is the perfect mix of period drama, romance, edge-of-your-seat thriller. Seasons 1 and 2 are streaming now, and Season 3, the final season, has uh, it just started January 8th. Um, so... Uh, there's going to be many shows that you will be able to check out on this streaming service. Uh, it really is something that is worth your while. And like the show I was just talking about, A Discovery of Witches, you can catch, like, I love when you come to a show later and you can binge all the seasons leading up to the season that they're actually airing now. I love that. I love that you don't have to wait that year-long wait in between seasons if you're coming late to a show like A Discovery of Witches, which, by the way, I want to say that TV Insider calls fantasy intersects seductively, wickedly irresistible. Uh, TV Guide says pure catnip for fans of this genre, and the Los Angeles Times says elegant and satisfying. Now, that sounds pretty good. So you can stream Sundance now on all your favorite devices for as low as $4.99 a month. Just download the app or watch online and discover exclusive shows from around the world instantly. Just go check it out. Really, honestly, go check it out. See if there's shows that you would want to watch. I bet there are. So uh, find your next TV obsession on Sundance Now like I did. Try Sundance Now free for 30 days by going to SundanceNow.com and use promo code SOBAD. That's SundanceNow.com code SOBAD for 30 days of free streaming. Once again, SundanceNow.com code SOBAD. And now, ladies and gentlemen, back for the remainder of our show. So Mario, Jen Shaw's assistant, is like, I think the doorbell is ringing. And the movers are there to give Jen Shaw an estimate on moving. Now, this is wild. Like, I just uh, recently moved a couple of months ago, and it's just – what a racket. I mean, it's just really it, – anyways, so the mover's there to uh, give her a price estimate on how much it would move to uh, – how much it would be to move to the new house. And Jen Shaw's like, long time no see. And in a talking head, she goes, after looking at many houses, we finally found something, you know, but we have to downsize. Right now, we're presently in a 9,000 square foot home, and we're going to go down to a 4,500 square foot home. And we're doing the best we can with what I can do. Now, like, literally, I think Jen Shaw is up for the Nobel Peace Prize. At that, That's just what a sacrifice. What an amazing, amazing... 4,500 square feet, folks. How does one do it? I just don't understand. It's just such a, a noble thing to do to, to get some money for your defense that you're going to lose. Like, what an amazing... 4,500 square feet. Just so you know, like, I think I live in a house now that is like... or Like, when I lived in a house with my ex... I think it was like 1,300 square feet. And I thought that was pretty big. It was like nice. It was like, okay, cool. Like, so 4,500 is still pretty damn nice. 
Like, really? Like, yeah, when you're up on a lot of crimes, you shouldn't be living in the lap of luxury. I just tend to think it makes you look bad to a jury. But what do I know? Um, Jen reminds us that her, our court, my court case starts in March. So I'm focusing all my efforts on, you know, on that. She lets the moving company know this, which I just get those poor movers are like, okay, uh, we're, we're just going to pick up the couches. I don't really even need to know this. Uh, we find out that she has to put down a $2 million retainer for that. And it's just wild. Like, I know, like, come on, let's all just cut, let's cut the shit. What a waste of money. What a waste of money. Like, that's money, her family and her sons and all that stuff. Like, that's all, like, I get it. You don't want to go to jail for, like, hopefully, like, by the way, and truthfully, like, she's going to jail. So hopefully all this money will at least get a reduced sentence, but it just doesn't look like it's going to. But I could be wrong on that. I would just hope if she's spending that many millions of dollars on this and, like, her family's going to go without, I hope she can at least get some time cut off the sentence like honestly i do i really do for i mean that much money but it's just ridiculous um she's like yeah all of our money's going towards fighting that uh she's like uh i hate she goes i hate she goes i hate packing i just do i've got to have people do it i hate packing even when i went to hawaii which was a fun trip i even hate packing for that and i was like do you like packing to go to jail is that gonna be like you know like hey guess what jen you're gonna love jail i don't think you get to bring anything you do not have to pack a single thing uh the movers are like well we're gonna go around and look and identify things now and, and give you an estimate tell you how much and uh, she says, packing to downsize is depressing. I'm acting like it's okay, but it is it is very hard for me, which I'm sure it is. So the movers are walking through, and the movers are like, these are beautiful pieces. This is very like, it's a very lovely couch, ma'am. <laughs> I love the movers. Are like, oh, this is is this an Estonian 1812 uh, sofa couch? I love, uh, this is very nice. Yeah. Randy, do you see that? This is a really nice couch. Um, <laughs> but there's so much stuff. So we go to Coach's closet. There's so so much red in his closet. I'm guessing that's like the football team he coaches must have a color of red in it. But her closet, as we've seen many times over the season, is insane. It's like three rooms put together. And so the guy goes, yeah, hey, you know, the price estimate here, we're looking at eight to $10,000. And she goes, right, right. Um, but if you want to proceed, we can definitely take care of you, he says. And she goes, I have to proceed. March 7th is my court date. And am I scared? Yeah, very scared. Is this the last of everything? You know, like I I, I, I had my father pass away last year and it's crushing because I take care of my entire family. What is everyone going to do if something happens to me? This is why I can't sleep at night. This is what keeps me up. And uh, so, yeah, she's going to go ahead and pay 10 grand to have the move. And this is the wild thing, guys. This is what I keep thinking, though. Eight to 10 grand. Like, if you're talking about your, like, this is when your family needs to step up for you in ways that aren't just how do you protect them financially or how do they help you? They help you by coming and moving your goddamn house. Like, honestly, give them the eight to 10 grand and they can move your house. Like, honestly, wouldn't, I mean, you know, you say all of this family that you have to take care of, they have arms and legs. I mean, not the one that was in the hospital that smelled like hospital. I don't think that, I, I actually think that that one actually didn't have, I'm pretty, yeah, I don't think that one, but like, her aside, I was her aunt, you know, the other people could help her move. This is what I don't get. And this is the kind of dangerous, like price shit she's gotten herself into is that normal people like I packed up my shit. Like, 
I got movers, and I, by the way, I tacked my shit onto my roommate's moving truck, because, and I wasn't even going to do that, but it was like, okay, the big pieces, and then I, like, packed up all my books and stuff like that, and did that little by little myself, because uh, I didn't want to pay, I didn't have the money to pay a mover, uh, aside from that, you know? But that's what I kept thinking, I was like, well, if you're worried about your family, they're worried about you, why don't you let them help you move, you could do it for way cheaper. I can guarantee that. But she wants it to be easy breezy cover girl. Um, and uh, she goes, well, you know, me and Maria, we're going to pack up. We're going to pack up our entire closet. And they're like, okay, whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, I, I don't think you can have a garage sale here. The And she's like, yeah, the HOA won't let me to do it. And then the guy goes, and I think your neighbors don't even really do garage sales because, you know, they're, they're all fucking rich people. Rich people don't usually thrift, you know? Like, I don't see it savers. Like, the goodwill, you're not usually bumping into Elon Musk. Like, oh, my God, is this real denim? Uh, so we go to a new scene. And this is, once again, we hear the, oh, 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 oh. And it's Heather. It's a Heather gay scene. Uh, she's meeting Mark, an event planner, because she is doing, you guys, for her father, she's doing a little memorial service for him. Um, her daughter, Ashley, there, 17, her other daughters, there's flowers around the gravestone. But then there's just kind of like some folding chairs. Um, there's an audience. She calls it an audience instead of guests. And Heather's like, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. I want to be able to see the mountains. She lets us know it's been a year since her dad passed away uh, suddenly, and they couldn't have a funeral because it was COVID, so this is going to be her way to honor her her father. Uh, we see Tyler, Heather, Heather's brother, and you know they're going to have a celebration of life. Uh, Casey, Heather's, Heather's other brother, is there. Uh, we see Caroline and Dee are there. Um, but she says, you know, my sisters, my other brother, my mom didn't show, aren't going to show up. Um which is just it's wild to think about really how torn up heather's family really is because of heather being quote unquote a bad mormon of her um you know be, stepping away from the church like this really really wreaked havoc on her family and that is one thing that i've noticed and i've seen firsthand about mormons of how much family means to them but also if you don't if you don't tow the company line like you're out you know but I just can't believe that her mom, Nancy, refused to come to the memorial, just refused. Um, and she said, you know, a lot of people won't come here because of loyalty to the family and uh, that I'm the bad one, that, you know, dad is rolling over in his grave because of me. Her business partner, Dre, is there. Um I couldn't see if her husband was there or not. I don't think he was, but I was like, oh, I, I wouldn't, I would, they seem friendly. So I, did, I was expecting to see him there. Um, but yeah, they said she had a betrayal of faith. Um, and Heather even kind of guesses that they might've even had their own service for their dad and she wasn't even invited, which is just so sad and dark. You know, you think in times like these people put aside their petty differences, but I will say from personal experience too, and even recently you do see how it brings out sometimes the worst in families too. So who knows? Um, so her brother Casey isn't a part of the church, but everyone else is. And she says, you know, I feel like part of the Island of misfit toys. Um, and that she feels like between two worlds, you know, this, this, Mormon world and the world that she lives in right now. Um, 
she said she uh, she speaks right before he she they spoke right before he died, um, and she had given up everything about heaven and eternal life, and she struggles with all of these feelings, um, and right in the middle of her trying to figure out her own life, he died. She says. And the producer asks in a talking head, when was the last time you spoke to him? And she said, I spoke to him at Christmas and then he died in April. And so think about that. It's four months past Christmas. So they really were not in a good place. And she says, things were strained because I had recently been public about my faith crisis and going to church and all the things. And she says, I don't know if my dad even knew who I was when he died. And it's so interesting because you can tell she has such love for him. And this really is one of those serious scenes that kind of breaks up the pitter-patter of what we see. Like we just saw Jen Shaw moving when she doesn't have any money. That's a kind of like, whoa, holy shit. And then we go to this and it's it's kind of a downer. It's really sad. It's kind of potentially real. You see somebody really uh, trying to put the best face on struggling not only with eternal salvation and their relationship with God, but their relationship with their family here on earth. Um she says, I hope he would know, even though he isn't here, that I feel compelled to still make him proud, to honor his name as to honor his name and legacy and and you know, that he really was a proud Mormon. You know, he loved telling people about the religion, sharing the gospel. Um, you know, he so he was so proud when I was a missionary and preached the gospel. Anything Mormon my dad loved, she says. But uh, she said, sometimes also I would rather just be his daughter than even be myself, which is just think about that. That is just a wild statement. Um, it's it's wild. She says, I'm a bad Mormon. And bad Mormon, by the way, is the title of Heather Gay's book, which will be coming out in a while. Um, Heather says, I lost my faith, but not my faith in people. And faith to make him proud, even if it's under uh, a different definition. And I think that really is putting the best face on a tragic situation. Like I was trying to think about like if my parents just refused to talk to me anymore. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> my mom has talked my ear off this entire trip. You guys, she told me how to make, I don't know, like, hey, mom, mom. Let's see if she wants to say hi. Uh, mom came in. Come, come closer, mom. Say hi. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to have Ryan here with me. Um, so you watched, uh, you watched like the first 20 minutes of Salt Lake City yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. What'd you, th- what'd you think? You know what I always think? I just, I just sit there and I'm amazed by those people. I just, it, it's unreal. <laughs> Is there any, the one lady. They call it reality, but it's still unreal. The one lady said that she'll send Jesus after you. I know she frightened me a little, so I got. Yeah, and you said she had. You said she has really big eyes. Oh yeah, she had the marble eyes. Yeah, she had really big eyes. Yeah, yeah, they're like marbles. And then what did you say about she? The Yellowstone TV show we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Because you tried to watch that and you didn't. You didn't get it. No, I couldn't get past the first one. It was. I like the lady, but then the lady, the Beth lady. Yeah, I liked her strength in the courtroom, but I didn't like her bedroom. Oh, antics she, and her oh she, her bedroom her antics oh her language yeah her She's, language was a little tough for she me. has rough language yeah 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 um can you say the word fuck for me no <laughs> no thank you but I'll get her to say it they, for you. yeah I, thank you I'll, I'll just record it and put it on there how's that that's perfect okay, okay. cool bye 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 shut the door shut the door behind you how dare you take the garbage out I did take the garbage out. <laughs> oh. That's Becky Bailey, you guys. Um, 
we had a fun day. We went to Costco and did our Costco thing and did our fries run. And we went to Kohl's. My mom had some Kohl's cash to spend. So it was a special uh, son, you know, son, mother kind of thing. No, I'm very grateful to be here. My dad's with his mom, 98 years old in Columbus, Ohio. He's there right now. He might have to move her again because she might not be getting the best care. Uh, She just refuses to move to Arizona. She's like, no, I'm here until I pass, which is just, man, 98 years old. Imagine that. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting that. I'm getting off track. So Heather Gay just spoke at this celebration of life, and then her brother gets up, and he's like, Dad was a pillar in all of our lives. His passing has forced us to confront our own realities. I propose we take a moment and just commit to each other and be here for each other no matter the circumstances. And Heather said something that they used to always say. They said, no empty chairs. No empty chairs when we get to heaven. Everyone will have a seat at the table. And I think that's just a lovely thought i love that like no empty chairs i'm like that too like i love that like listen i can be very uh not mercurial but i can i can like like i like to just like kind of be alone and lay in my bed and have my thoughts and stuff but when i'm out i want to be around as many people as possible sometimes and i love that thought of no empty chairs in uh in heaven i just like that um, and then uh, they say John, their dad, will want us to sing one of his favorite songs. And so they all start singing, and they're like, not unless he's 5'3", baby got back. Ooh, ooh. No, it's some song, and i got to tell you, they're horrible singers. Not a good singer in that family in the bunch. They're, they're like, oh, he has risen on it, um, But it, you know, it's sweet. And uh, But yeah, not good singers. And uh, no, this thing is like, God be with us until we meet again. And then Heather's like, grab a chair. We're going to have a picnic. And then they're eating out of like styrofoam containers. Like, I don't even know why she had a party planner. I'm like, this is like what? I mean, Jen Shaw literally paying $10,000 for her mover movers. You have a party planner. You have folding chairs and you're eating out of styrofoam. This is weird. The brother lets lets Heather know that their mom pulled up for a minute. And there's a flashback. The camera's got the mom hugging the son, but the mom did like Heather didn't even know. And Heather's like, I really would have loved to have seen her. And Heather's talking to her friend, it's like, why attend the event if you didn't even wanna Oh, because the brother said, oh, she didn't want to ruin the flow. And then it's like, why even come if you didn't want to ruin the flow? Like Heather Heather's just like, that's so it is. It's shitty. And by the way, you know part of this is the TV show. Like, that's. it's not just her saying these things. It's her being on the TV. <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> it's the, I got a hiccup. What if I, I am going to die on one of these podcasts? Uh, the brother says, you know, Heather catches the flack, and I'm the Teflon kid. You're loud and proud, Heather. You're an easy target, and that is why I am here for you. Um, and she says, I am not welcome in both worlds. And it was fine that I wasn't a practicing Mormon, but me shouting that from the rooftops is where my family has a problem with it. And Heather says, well, we're all going to be on a lifeboat together and cast off to sea together to her brother. And then the brother's like, who's got the conch cell? Which is like Lord of the Flies. Like, Ralphie's got the conch. Do you remember that book? Lord of the Flies. A little like Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Um, New scene. 
this is we see Meredith Marks's water bottle. Like Meredith Marks has her Meredith Marks logo on like bottled water, and we're in like the white desert. Like I, my mom was like, "Is that snow or is that the desert?" And I think it's just desert, like well, white snow in the desert. Who knows? But Brooks Twenty One is there. Seth is there, um, and we're doing a photo shoot for Meredith Marks's jewelry. And Meredith is like, "I want you to have a photo shoot for my brand." And they're all dressed in like TLC clothing. Now, um, I said this immediately when I saw a picture of that. It's like it looked like uh, the Creep music video when they're all in those kind of like satin jammies. And that's exactly how they look like here. It's very interesting. And my family has never up until this moment. I'm going to try to make them dress like this next Christmas. But we have never gone ahead. I think we wore matching shirts one time. But like it was like T-shirts for my mom. But we've never done a full satin moment. You know, and I'm, I'm willing to try. It seems like it could potentially be a lot of money. Um, and Meta's like, a lot of people, you know, have this vision that my jewelry is for women. When, you know, it's like they're always like, Meredith, when is your men's line coming out? And she's like, it's never coming out because my jewelry is for everybody. <laughs> so I got in touch with GLAD, the Gay Lesbian Alliance, to raise money for GLAD. Everyone should feel seen. We should feel comfortable in our own skin. And I completely agree. Like, I love this aspect of Meredith of really champ championing people feeling comfortable in their own skin. I almost wish Seth would be a little less comfortable in his own skin. And, and when he looks at other people's skin, that would make me feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, but Meredith is like, it's been a tough few months without the drama between Jan and Brooks. Um, and that's when we get brought up the flashback of like, mom, she liked a tweet that said slap Brooks and call him a sissy bitch. My son has been going down his own journey and wherever that takes him, wherever that leads, we support him. <laughs> and then we see, uh, their daughter and Brooks posing and Brooks is like, um, Brooks, you know, they're like kind of sexy posing. And she's like, this feels sexual and I don't like it. And then Brooks is like, we don't have to, we don't have to be siblings in the photo. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Get away. And then we see creepy Uncle Fingers Seth lifting Meredith and swinging. And she's like, wee, wee. And he's like, Canton, Ohio, let's go to Canton. Um, and Meredith is like, I'm so happy I was able to be here with Seth, Brooks, and Chloe. And then we do a big group photo, everybody's smiling, and she's like, equality means you don't ever have to come out because it's already there, you know? And Brooks is like, this is heartwarming and empowering, and, um, uh, you know, we need to, we, you know, when we can stop labeling Every, you know, we, when we can stop labeling, we will have a quality on every level, level. And then Seth and Meredith hugs Brooks and they're like, oh, yay. And we're just very huggy, very satin, colorful hugging in the winter desert as you do. We've all been there. We cut to, and this is, I just, if there's kids out there listening to this, hi, hey, how are you? It's your uncle Ryan. We're going to be talking about some adult themes in this next segment regarding Whitney and Justin. And I just want you to know they're married. So legally, they're allowed to do the things that we're about to talk about, but it doesn't make it right. And I want to impress upon you, the listeners, sitting down with your kid at some point and just showing them this scene and just saying, this is what we're trying to steer you guys away from. 
love is between a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman and a woman or whatever, you know, uh, thing you want to do, but it shouldn't involve paint and it shouldn't involve a cameraman most of the times. And I just think we can all agree with that. That's a so bad. It's good group that this shouldn't happen. And especially not on TV. So Whitney is in her red bathing suit. And this is when my mom goes, Oh Lordy. <laughs> she goes, Oh Lordy. And then she goes, Ooh, ugly tattoos. My mom goes, ugly tattoos about Whitney. And Justin, her husband comes home. And he's like, wow. All right. And she's like, how was your trip? And he's like, just got better. And that's when you can tell the cameraman's uncomfortable like us. And like they kiss and you just hear like the cameraman go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, and he's like, what do I owe the pleasure of this, Whitney? And she's like, now that I have gotten through the rebrand, it's time to prioritize my life. You have sacrificed a lot to take my business to the next level. And then she pops the champagne and she goes, it's no secret. Justin and I have been in a rut. I need sex just as much as you do. And she's like, I don't want. I don't want robotic sex. I want fun sex. And then she's like, take off your shoes, your pants, and your shirt, and potentially your dignity. And this is just, he's like, okay, what are we doing? And she's like, sex art. <laughs> Listen, sex is awesome, right? But also, I'm not a good artist. Also, I don't like to work. You know, like the work would be, you know, and it's, I'm not saying sex is work, but I'm saying that's, it's like I was talking about yesterday's show about ex, double exercising. You're hiking up a hill and then you see somebody doing pushups while like, you know, stopping the hike to do pushups. That's double workout. You don't need that. Like it's like art sex. No, just have the sex. You don't need to do something else during the sex. We don't need to make a painting of our love while we have the sex. Cause we already have the sex. Why are you doing two things? Let's just focus on the one. If you've perfected the art of sex, you don't need to make sex art. And yeah, that's what I wrote. My mom gets up at this point and I was uneasy and so was she. And she was like, well, I'm going to just start making dinner. Um, and she goes, it's never going to be easy when you're working and having a family. But I am all about keeping it exciting and interesting. So we stay together. Light me on fire, Justin. <laughs> so they're painting and like he's like literally slapping her ass. I think she's like fully new to this point. Like it is so weird and bizarre and it's like yeah behind closed doors but like there's a camera there there's so many this doesn't feel like if it was a restaurant i'd give it a c rating it doesn't feel um doesn't feel hygienically right uh it's just a feeling i get and i and i love whitney i, I like justin but it's not like you know it's like if somebody likes me they're not like they're they, you know if one of you guys are like oh ryan's a uh, he's an okay guy he makes me laugh you would never be like god i would love to see him have a sexual situation on camera nobody's going to say that. Um, so, uh, we cut to Lisa Barlow in uh, some outfits for her eighties party and Jack going, you look so pretty mom. And she's like, thank you. What do I wear? And he's like, whatever dress covers you up more. And she's like, ha ah. she like, it gets a real big kick out of that. We cut to Jen Shaw. She's getting glammed. Of course she's paid a glam person plus Mario. She's like, it's an eighties or nineties vibe. And then we go to Jenny. Jenny's getting changed with her kids. Yeah. They're like, Oh, this purple dress, sparkly, whatever. And then we cut to Lisa Barlow in this. She's like, we are in the cutest little car. I am obsessed in this little car with, uh, the Vita tequila logo on it. 
And she's like, I'm excited for tonight. And they go into the room and there's Vita signage everywhere. Uh, and we see the date pop up. It's a very summer house thing to do. May 14th, 2021. She's like, it turned out perfectly. And then all of a sudden they use this filter where it's like, it's like eighties music. And they have like eighties, it's like an eighties filter. And it, I didn't like it. Um, and she's like, this is our debut of our crystal bottles. It's our crystal adorned bottles. And I wanted tonight to be like Molly's on the luxury scale. It's inspired by the late 80s, early 90s, the height of fashion and decadence. It's not a theme party. This isn't costumes. I hope people don't show up looking like Madonna. But that's like a really hard it's like if somebody tells you an 80s party, like, of course, you're going to think Madonna and shit like that. Like, what? I, it's inspired by 80. Like, what, I'm going to just dress up as a, a blockbuster video. Like, what are you talking about? Justin and Whitney get there. They're making a f- fun of John because John doesn't seem like John is literally just wearing what looks like a J. Crew outfit from today. You know, just the normal John outfit. Lisa's welcome. Hello. Oh, my God. You came. Jen and Coach Shaw come in. Uh, Jenny uh, comes in in costume and she crimped her hair. You guys, she crimped her hair. Um, and Jen Shaw comes in. Guess what? In a Chanel head wrap. And she's Lisa's like, I'm dying. Oh, my God, Jen. Which, by the way, a Chanel head wrap, call me crazy, but that's isn't that like $8,000 right there? Like, that's your moving company right on your head, Jen. Uh, Lisa, Jen, Whitney, Heather, they're all gathered around. And they're like, is Meredith coming? And Lisa's like, yeah, yeah, I talked to her earlier. We cut to Meredith, Seth in the car. And Seth's like, are you looking forward to seeing everybody? And she's like, it depends. It depends, Seth. If everyone's nice, sure. Sure I am. Then we cut back to the ladies, and Lisa's like, I told her there's been tension. I think something's going on. And Heather's like, yeah, there has been something going on. So then Meredith and Seth walk in, and Meredith walks up to everybody, and she's like, hello, everybody. What's going on, everybody? It's me, Meredith Marks. And they all hug and do the fake kiss, you know. And this is the thing, like I have been schooled by ladies this year in the podcast about they really help me understand that women compliment other women on their dress and their makeup and their hair because men don't do it. Yeah. You know? And they do spend a lot of time on these things. So it really, and I thought that was like, the coolest thing. I totally got it. You know, like, but like guys are never like, oh my God, that's a great target graphic tee that you're wearing. Like, you know, and uh, so I totally get it. But I, I do want to still say the hugging and kissing we could potentially do away with. Give, give all the compliments you want, but we don't need the double kiss. Like, I feel like even as post-COVID, let's do away with the double kiss or let's do a one kiss, but the double kiss and the hug forever. Like, you guys just saw each other. Come on. Heather says, I'm, am I over in the land of make-believe with these two, Meredith and Lisa? I mean, they're never going to get to the real issue if they continue to look the other way in their friendship. There never seems to be honesty with them. And I totally agree with Heather. It's like, that's why this show is so dreamlike and weird to me. It's like, wait, aren't they still mad at each other from a couple of episodes ago? When did this, like, what what happened? Did I miss something? Like, this show always makes me feel like I missed an episode. Like, I'm like, did I miss a scene? Where did, where are they, how are they in the same room? Like, what, what's going on? We cut to Mary Cosby, of course, coming in by herself. Uh, we see all the guys laughing together. The guys really wanting what Jersey guys have, where they're all like, ha, 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 ha. Seth's like, smell my finger. 
Heather says, oh, I have a crush on John, Lisa's husband. That's for sure. Um, Heather and then Heather talks about Justin, uh, Whitney's husband, and says, we look like we're related, like we have the same build, which is pretty much a good cell phone from Heather. Mary comes in and says, I do not know anyone here. Uh, John Barlow comes up and hugs her. Uh, Whitney uh, chases tequila shot with tequila. Uh, I do like that. But Whitney does seem like a fun time if you take away the filming sex part. And uh, the, the producer asks, uh, how come you didn't order Vita tequila at this party? She's like, eh, it's like it's like water. It's like Lisa. It's like flavorless. Blah, ugh, 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 blah, blah, um, Seth, uh, Seth, uh, is ordering a drink. Seth now is in a kind of a Miami Vice look, but his t-shirt is a, a Reagan, it's a Reagan Bush shirt. And Seth has gone on an apology campaign this past week saying that he did not know about uh, the policies that Reagan had under his administration, especially when it came to AIDS and gay rights. And so he's been prolifically apologizing in a lot of people's DMs. I've seen a lot of screenshots of this, which is great and fine. But Seth is very – Seth always does this bit on social media. It's, it's, it's teetering on Joey Gorga. It's – the Utah version of Joey Gorga, where he's always just like notes to my younger self. <laughs> it's weird. Like, I'm glad you're all about self-improvement, but it just comes off weird when then you're licking boob cakes. Like something is not, something is weird, but he's saying he had no clue about the policies, whatever. All you can do is take people at their word. Sometimes. Um, Lisa is showing off the, the mall food, all of her friends. Seth asks Heather, have you been to the food court yet? And she's like, yes, all six countries. I've eaten everything here. Um, we cut to, they're still using that 80s stupid filter when they come back from commercial break. Mary says, I feel like my job is just to bring it here. You know, my job is just to be here. Jenny says, it's common decency to say hello to someone. Girl, am I invisible in your eyes? She says that on a talking head about Mary because Mary sees Jenny and just decides not to say hi. Which, man, Mary sticks to her guns. Like, you can't, like, this is what's crazy. Like, why am I even defending Mary Cosby? <laughs> it's so funny. And Mary goes, yeah, I am ignoring her. I, I, I'm sure wish, I wish I could poof her and just have her disappear, which is just wild. But once again, I'm like, this person supposedly has a close relationship with God. Like, are we just allowed to flat out say shit like that? That's why I feel like sometimes I don't get religion. I'm like, what part of church did I miss where we're allowed to just be dicks? Um, we see Seth and Dewey. Dewey, of course, is Jenny's husband, which what happened? Remember that big plot line earlier in the season where Dewey wanted to take a second wife and try polygamy out? I love that that was just fucking forgotten. That's how weird this season is. It's that Dewey, there was a whole storyline where he wanted an additional wife, which would have been amazing if that came in in the third season. And then Jenny did get caught with all that Facebook stuff and they fired Jenny, but the second wife stayed like that. We, we missed a real golden opportunity there. Um, so Seth's like, Dewey, you where you look at you, this double breasted suit, you know, he's like, and Dewey's like, yeah, I had this from the eighties. This is actually my suit. And then Seth is like, yeah, didn't Arsenio Hall have those suits, which I'm always for like Arsenio Hall, the dog pound, the people over here are people who love Salt Lake City. Remember the Arsenio Hall show? And he would always like deem like a certain section of the audience. He would always like, these guys are the, um, coach says, 
to Mary, uh, he's saying like a thank you. He's like, hey, you know, Jen visited your church and they were just so nice and so kind to her. And Mary goes, yeah, because I told them to be kind to her. I have love. I don't wobble in times of pain. I move on. I forgive. Life goes on. <laughs> I love coaches like, thank you for, you know, her church was very nice to you because I told them to be nice to her. Like I, I love, I love the kissing of the ring from Coach and Mary going, yeah, I had everything to do with that. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Whitney comes out at this moment. She's like, can I please talk to you, Mary? And Mary literally goes, my God, Whitney, have you been drinking? And she goes, yeah, I've been having Vida tequila. And Mary's like, I don't want to talk to you when you're drunk. Will you please talk to me, Mary? About what? Please, Mary. I just want to talk to you, babe. Please, please, please. And then in the talking head, Mary goes, can I get a sober Whitney? She isn't rational thinking right now. Look at me, Mary. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for talking about your church. Well, why did you do it? I didn't say anything that wasn't already out there, Whitney says. And Mary goes, ah, let me speak. And and, and uh, she, Mary says, let me speak. And Whitney's like, let me speak. Let me finish. It's not the people. Oh, no, sorry. Mary says, it's not the people who say it. It's who carries the message in regards to Whitney spreading this. And she's like, I wouldn't have said anything if you hadn't put me down first. And Mary goes, don't validate yourself. I am not a bad person. Um, and the weird thing about that line that Whitney says, I wouldn't have said anything if you hadn't put me down first. And that's so weird. So is Whitney saying, yo, I would have looked a blind eye at how creepy your church is if you were nice to me. But since you aren't and then like, well, then why are Jen Shaw's rude to everybody? Why is anybody playing that game? Like it just there's so much hypocritical behavior with all of these ladies. Like I just didn't get that line. And by the way, Jenny is just looks like she's crazy. Like, if you look at Jenny in the background, she's like, eh, eh, eh. and uh, Mary says something like, I don't hurt people, Whitney. And Jenny's like, you hurt me. Why did you hurt me? She's just like hovering. And Mary's like, no, you shut up, shut, shut up. And Mary is like, oh, and Mary goes, come on, Whitney, let's go, let's go. And then Jenny's like, you're going to walk away from me? Like, I don't matter? You're not going to look at me? Like, I'm front of you. Like, I'm in front of you. And Mary says something about, like, like the hood or something. And Jenny's like, what? You called me hood? Jenny walks up. And she's like, I want to hear what you said. Don't you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Mary's like, I didn't sign up for you. I didn't sign up for you either, Jenny says. Don't walk away. Let's talk about it. What did you, what did you say about me? And Mary's like, you're psycho. I'm not fucking psycho. What did she scream? I'm not fucking psycho. What did you say about me? And Mary just like walks away and she's like, run away, run the fuck away. And this is when Mary's social, this is when Jenny's social media manager throws a glass out of Jenny's hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, it's exactly like her Facebook post that she blamed on her social media manager. We see her invisible social media manager take the glass in Jen, she takes Jenny's hand actually, and just we see Jenny's hand just fly because of the social media manager and throws the glass at Mary. It doesn't hit Mary, which in Jenny's defense, she's like, I did not throw it at Mary, I throw it near Mary. <laughs> and so we've literally got a thrown glass. And Jen says, My glass went a little. Oh, oh, Jen, this is when Jen Shaw made me laugh. And the talking head goes, Jen says, yeah, I threw a glass last year. My glass went a little farther, but that was cute. 
And that kind of actually made me laugh. And I'm like, that's when I was like, what world do we live in that I am laughing at Jen Shaw's comment? And that we're not even talking about Jen Shaw here. We're talking about Jenny throwing a glass. And Jenny is just screaming, say it to my face, say it to my face. Um, Jen Shaw waves Mary over and she's like, okay, we got to talk this out. We got to talk this out with Jenny. And Mary's like, no, no, I will never talk to her. Never, ever. No, no, no. And Mary just walks away and Mary walks down the stairs and she's like, you got a maniac on the loose throwing a glass. And then she says something that really makes a lot of sense though. She goes, the fact no one even cared that somebody threw a glass at me and makes you wonder who's your friend and who is not. And that made a lot of sense. Now, you, I can also see the other side of it. It's like, you know, Mary Cosby hasn't been a good friend to any of those guys except for Meredith Marks, maybe. And I don't know, where was Meredith on this one? But yeah, like that's probably not cool. And it really was a full-on, like, listen, we have a lot of weird Bravo things that happen and usually they penalize something. That's like, you shouldn't be throwing glasses Jen Shaw shouldn't have thrown that glass last season. So it was just weird. And it felt a little forced on Jenny, like trying to make something happen, even though I do think she really was offended by Mary Cosby. But it still rang super weird. And that's why this show is so weird, because it just seems so disjointed. And Mary was like disengaging. Like Mary was like, no, I don't, you throw, I'm going to leave. I don't need to talk this out at all. We cut to Whitney saying, I was apologizing to Mary about calling her church a cult. And Jenny's like, but it is a cult. Dewey is sweeping up his wife's glass that she broke. And Jenny apologizes to Lisa. She's like, I'm so sorry, Lisa. And Lisa goes, I don't care. (laughs) It's fine. As long as it's not the embellished bottle, please don't do it with that. (laughs) It's so eerie, you guys. Um, Then all the guys, we cut to them. They're all around being guys and John Barlow is like, you guys remember that great idea we had with our sending our wives away on that trip? I think they had its up and ups and downs, but they're great now. And Seth says, yeah, their chakras were aligned. They're they're fully balanced. And John says, hey, where are we going to send them next? <laughs> we got to send them farther <laughs> because women suck. <laughs> I love that. That's like always the guy like, hey, let's get our women out of here. <laughs> we cut back to Lisa talking to the girls and she's like, I don't want to be fake friends, girls. Can we all be here for each other, ladies? Come on. Let's not be fake friends, which is just so funny. We're like, what? Of course you're fake friends. What are you talking about? We cut back to the guys. They're doing shots. And the guys are like, I want to hang out more. That's what guys are like. Guys, when they're with other guys and there's booze and you're older, you're like, I want to live forever. Let's go to Vegas. Like, you just commit to random things. You're like, do you want to run in the desert someday? Of course I do, man. Thank you. Make sure you include me on that. You agree to, like, the wildest things that you never even, like, I love MMA. Yes, I would love to watch MMA with you. Like, you just agree to weird shit. Um, But Jen, then, we go back to the girls, and Jen responds to what Lisa says and goes, Meredith, are we friends? We're in this neutral space. Do you consider me a friend? And Meredith goes... You know, Jen Shaw, I can't give you the proper support as your friend. And Jen Shaw's like, why? And she's like, because I'm dealing with my own pain and trauma. And Heather says, Meredith invited you into her life and it felt too close for comfort and you felt betrayed. And Jen says, well, I, well, Whitney, Jen says, Whitney, I need you to tell, or Jen says, Heather, I need you to tell uh, Meredith that I feel this way. And Meredith says, 
I'm not rehashing all of this, Jen. And Jen says, you're friends with everyone else. You're friends with everyone else. It's just, why are you not friends with me? And Meredith's like, no one else did the things to my family that you did. And Jen says, you crucified me for the things. You crucified me for things. And Whitney in a talking head goes, is Jen out of her mind? She's the one who started this conversation about Meredith's marriage last year. When she's the one that started this about Jen Shaw putting it out there that Meredith potentially was cheating on Seth. She's the one that did that. And we get a flashback to last season when that started. And uh, it says she may not have continued, but if you start it, you're the one to blame. Meredith and Jen, their hands are in each other's faces. They're like, blah, 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 blah. And Jen's like, I'm not going there. And and Jen is like this about my, f- I don't know, feelings. Jen is like this about my feelings. Oh, I think Meredith is like, Jen is like this about my feelings. And she's crying. Lisa says, um, come on. It's simply put, she wants to be your friend, Meredith. And Meredith says, what are you not getting here? What are you not getting here? I don't want to be friends with Jen Shaw. And Heather says, let's go. Let's go. Heather says to her friend, she goes, let's go. I hate these fucking bitches. Heather says that on her breath. And Meredith goes, you want to go? I'll go there. Yeah. And she's like walking off. She's like, I've been sent info about the ladies having extramarital affairs. And then Meredith goes to get Seth and says like, you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. If these women want to continue to talk about it, one of my dark times, I'll talk about how everyone's dated that no one knows about. Like she goes up on her vocal. She goes, that no one knows about. And Seth is right there while she's like kind of yelling. She's like, Seth and I have dated other people. And that's when her title in card comes up and it's like, you know, Seth and they were madly in love and the 25th wedding anniversary, blah, blah, blah. And so they walk out and then we see Jen Shaw talking to Lisa and she's like, Meredith fucked the entire East Side. It's not my fault who's here and who's not. Meredith runs off with who, whatever. Da, 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 da. If Mary Cosby runs off and we don't crucify, you know, and we crucify her, we got to crucify Meredith too. So Jen Shaw not getting in her way with Meredith, she's immediately shit talking Meredith immediately again. So we see really in reality. Meredith hasn't changed at all. We cut to Mary walking to her car, Cosby, just by herself, just by herself, lone wolf, as always, ready to go clean some dishes at home by herself. And her title card goes up and it's like spending more time with her son or church and the mannequins in her home. Then we cut to Whitney doing a shot with Justin and she's like, I want to get blacked out tonight. And we her title card is like she traded in little girl for CEO of her own company. Uh, Then we see Lisa telling John, she's like, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful. Oh, my God. And then her title card is like, she has decided to be more upfront about the feelings she has. And then we have Heather Gay saying to John, um, because John's like, hey, you got invited to a Lisa Barlow party. And she's like, yeah, let's take it day by day. Let's see if we get invited to another Lisa Barlow party. And um, then we see on Heather's title card that she took a yacht trip to Norway recently. We see Whitney on Justin's lap straddling like, I'm going to straddle you like a strip club at the Vida Tequila party. And then we go next week on the three-part Salt Lake reunion. And it looks great, you guys. Oh, and by the way, Jenny didn't have a title card. 
because Jenny's a dork and we're not going to talk about Jenny anymore. So if she didn't get a title card, she didn't deserve it. Uh, Dewey, we wish you all the luck with your second wife. Uh, so yeah, the reunion starts on Sunday. Uh, we find out like, Andy's like, Mary is not joining us tonight. Uh, we have things like Meredith, you know, you're threatening everyone, aren't you? And she's like, I'm not threatening everyone. If that's how you want to take it, that's how you want to take it. Um, Whitney's like, you called my husband a sugar daddy to Jen Shaw. Um, and then Andy going, Jen, you're being charged with fraud and money laundering. And then we see Andy ask coach, did you ever question where the money came from to coach Shaw? And then Andy's like, Jen, one charge is for 20 years and one charge is for 10 years. Is that correct? And she's like, I don't know. And Andy's like, you don't know, which is complete bullshit. So you guys, that is the end of this recap. Wow. Another two hours. You guys, I love you so much. And that's why I did another episode this week. And I'm going to try to put out a Jersey one in the morning too, just so we can make up for all this week. And remember, you can listen to these at any time you want. I want these these episodes to be passed down from generation to generation. You know, I can just, you know, let's keep this in the family. Let's just keep passing this down throughout the ages. This podcast in particular, the Salt Lake one. <laughs> I didn't get to say this last night because I was talking about what happened this past week, uh, what I was dealing with, what my friend was dealing with. But I didn't get to do my normal Friday uh, sign off where I'm like, I hope you guys are having the best weekend ever. I hope you got to eat great food. Wait, what day? Oh, Friday. So don't wait. Tomorrow is the weekend. So I hope you get to have the best weekend ever. I hope you get to hang out with people that you love, get some quiet time for yourself, hang out with your kids, your family, your friends. You watch something really cool on TV. Oh, by the way, LCD Sound System is the musical guest on Saturday Night Live on Sunday, Saturday night with John Mulaney. That's exciting. Yeah, come on. If you don't have anything to look forward to, that's something to look forward to. But uh, I hope you get to eat good food, drink wine, drink water, drink soda, whatever makes your heart content. Watch your favorite movie, listen to your favorite song, call somebody you haven't talked to in a long time and just say, hey, what's up? Text a stranger. Yeah, just text a stranger. Just put any number into your phone and go, what is up? I'm watching you. (laughs) But most importantly, thank you for letting me be a part of your life. I really do appreciate your ears and you. Uh, I'll probably talk to you one more time this weekend. And if not, we will do it bright and early on Monday morning. And Sophie will not be with us this week. I have fired Sophie. No, 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 no. Sophie is vacationing in Miami. And so Lex Nico, if you don't know, Lex has been on the podcast before and she's amazing. I love her so much. You might know her from TikTok and Instagram and she is great with pop culture. So she'll be with us on Monday for our pop culture roundup. And uh, that's it, you guys. Like I said, I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you very soon. Bye. Betches.